Hey everyone, welcome back to Stoop Stories. Just wanted to give you a heads up again before we get started. This is a continuation of the episode from last Sunday. So if you have not heard last week's episode, uh, make sure you do that first and then come back because it's picking up right where Josh and LeDrew left off. So with that being said, enjoy the episode. Stoop Stories. Yeah, you know, to that point, people have to be a part of it. And what we did well at Southwind is collaboration. You know, it wasn't just you and Tyler's idea and you guys told everyone else what to do. Yeah, do you want to walk through that exercise for the for everybody? Yeah, you know, so I, I think what sticks out to me the most early days was the meeting that we had to determine what our core values and our mission statement would be. And it took a lot of ideas from a lot of people to mm-hmm. get us there. And what that allowed everyone to do was feel attachment to the thing mm-hmm. so that we all saw fit that we had a responsibility in getting this mission to the finish line uh, because it was all of our mission and all of our ideas. So I think collaboration mm-hmm. first uh, is, is definitely where it starts. Yeah, and the, the second thing would be transparency. You know, like you have to be transparent to have a good culture. You know, in our organization, we share everything. We'll share our P&Ls, we'll share how we think about it, our objectives, creating clear vision, for what and like a clear place for you to challenge or for you to say, hey, we'll help me understand why you want this to be the objective because it doesn't feel like it should be the objective. That level of transparency creates comfort inside the organization. Yeah. And anywhere there's a lack of transparency, people go ahead and they fill in the blanks. Like they fill them in for you if you don't create the transparency and create the narrative. They'll create it for you. And a lot of times when things are hard, if you allow people to create the narrative uh, because there wasn't clear transparency, the narrative is not agreeable most times. It's that it sucks or that it's hard or maybe it's not worth it or all, all of the negative toxicity that can exist inside an organization when there's a lack of transparency. Man, that's, that's so good. You know, it eliminates the salty teammate is what I like mm-hmm. to say. When you're transparent, it's all on the line and the truth is undefeated, you know. And as long as we're being objective in our you know, communication and the way we're looking at things, all we have to do then is figure out the strategy that gets mm-hmm. the work done or produces the output we're, we're looking for. Yeah, and well, last two things for culture is community and connection. All right, from a community standpoint, people have to be together. Um, and... You know, maybe that's unpopular with all the work from home stuff or the hybrid stuff that, that's out there. But people need to be together, and that's how we were built as human beings. We're built tribal. Like, that's just, like, the way it happens, right? And, and so we're really comfortable, and it allows us to share. It allows us to become a team. A real team is someone who's together, and they have real honest conversation. They do things together. In our organization, we have community events, and we actually have them every single day. So first community event happens on a Monday. What happens Monday, every Monday? Sprint meeting and then morning meeting. Yep, and the South Wind, from a Southwind perspective, what happens on Monday? Southwind support meeting. And what Company happens Company-wide meeting. What do we do? We connect. Mm-hmm. We collaborate. We ideate. Yeah, and, and, and inspire, right? So we have different departments speak on hot topics, open forum. Let everybody, let there be pure transparency, anonymous questions, ask the things that you want to ask so we can get all the stuff out there and we can actually do the real work. And then we give a message that carries us, hopefully carries us through the day and into the week, right? Something we didn't know, we learned something we maybe didn't know about. We teach a concept or, or 
we share some success or we share a vulnerable story from the field. Yeah. And that level of community is really impactful. Now, Tuesday through Friday, we still meet every day at HQ. Uh, very different perspective of how we meet, but uh, we come together, we have fun. And uh, you know, some of the things that we're doing on a regular basis is like getting to know each other or playing even fun games, but mm -hmm. not without providing great affirmations for the great work that's being done all week long, making every day really matter. Yeah, I know at Southland we do a really good job of that. You know, you can choose to do the hard thing or the easy thing. When I think of community, a couple things, uh, it sticks out. During COVID, we were, you know, we're an essential business and we had teammates on the front line that were still actively engaged in their work every single day. Mm -hmm. And the executives came to the building every day with their teams. Yeah, and you it know, was optional and yeah. everybody still came. Everybody still came and, and that's community. We're in it with you. I think of, uh, you know, J.D. Wood, newly promoted to the Southwind Director of Operations. He'll right now go get in a truck to you know, help someone with the job. Mm -hmm. Like that's community. We're, we don't run away from the tough work. We're really in this together and titles mean nothing. Yeah. The, the job is to do whatever the job is at the time and it doesn't matter who it is. We're willing to stick, roll our sleeves up and, and get after it. Yeah, great communities support each other all the time, not only when it's convenient. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then the, the, the last piece is connection. And I think about how we connect with our people and, and it starts by not just, it, like a person is a whole person. Mm -hmm. They don't just exist at work. They have a personal life. And lots of corporations or lots of organizations, they steer clear of talking about the personal life of someone. They don't want to know about the challenges that they're, they're facing or the struggles that they're having. They want to talk about the results. And because of that, I think you get a really trans, uh, transactional relationship. And we're looking for a, a relational experience with each person that's inside this organization. So it comes down to like one-on-ones, like how do we interact or interface with the people that we work with every single day and what does that look like? And then, um, you know, the, the five-year vision or the three-year vision that we put people through to help them craft their life in a way so they can have meaning to it, you know, and I think you know, most organizations want people to think about work, but they don't recognize that, you know, work is uh, ultimately, you work so you can improve your personal life. And so without understanding the personal life and what they're looking for, it's impossible to connect the goals at the, at the work with the, the personal goals. And sometimes they don't even have the personal goals. And so it's our opportunity as a leader to help them think about their life in a way that's transformative. Yeah, you know, I want to touch on that last piece. So, you know, anywhere I travel, I ask teammates what they want out of life. And if they can't shape a statement, I know that they've been led ineffectively because it's your leader's responsibility to ensure you have a solidified vision for your life. Otherwise, you're drifting, you know, but you spoke about this in the in the um, growth segment. You know, we, we treat people development seriously and that creates connection when you teach someone something. And then also the transparency piece, when you teach people how to live in reality, it creates significant connection. Mm -hmm. When I got here, I like to shape my own narrative. So I use the subjective stuff, the yeah. beast mode. Yeah. And you know, when then when you showed me the numbers that I actually wasn't a beast, I didn't like those numbers. <laughs> <laughs> and then it, it took a while for me to be willing to accept the truth mm -hmm. about where we're at, you know, you, you said, Hey, we're 106 out of 150. We still have work to do. Cause what I know about Southwind is guess what number we like one. Yes. 
That's the only number there is. A hundred percent. So like that's that's the reality. And are we willing to take a look at that to say, all right, well, where are we going? Number one is what we're in pursuit of. Okay. Well, where are we? One oh six. What's it going to take to to close the gap? Mm-hmm. And when you can bring someone to that reality, the connection that you build with that person is really tremendous. And then the last thing, you know, that builds connection that we do here at Southwind, and it's my favorite exercise, is the intentional path. Mm -hmm. And teach people how to shape their lives into the life that they wish they were living, because it is possible, actually. Mm -hmm. And we'll we'll help help you do it. Yeah, I was listening uh, to uh, a YouTube video, and I shared it with several people here. It was Earl Nightingale from 1950, I think, and he's talking about how important you know vision is in your in your life and, and we'll, we'll just to simplify goals like just simple goals and it mm-hmm. just blows me away how so many people that walk this earth have no goals that they're after and in order for you to be successful in order for you to get what you want out of life you first have to know what that is that you want and so i think we do a really intentional job of trying to help people with that even though they're most likely resistant People are resistant to being vulnerable with themselves and really understanding what is it that captivates their spirit. And so I think that it's the greatest opportunity as a leader is to help people gain vision for their lives. And I think that if we simply do that, you know, for a long period of time, we'll find a way to continue to move up that list. Yeah, yeah, you nailed it. And then, boom, that's it. How do we do it again? And... The, the number one thing I think of when we discuss that topic would be passing the rock. Mm-hmm. That's how you do it again. Because as we continue to grow and expand, you know, the people that it started with get further and further away from the thing. Mm-hmm. So the people with the best information will be our frontline teammates yeah. that we're going to develop in and invest in. So we need to pass on the rock, hear their ideas and what they're experiencing mm-hmm. in the organization internally and then externally. What are our customers saying? How can we grow, evolve, and adapt to better serve them? Yeah, so you have this component of passing the rock, and it's like there's a difference between delegation and empowering. Mm-hmm. And when we say pass the rock, people may hear, well, delegate responsibility and give them all of your work. And the truth is that, uh, you know, like, to really empower someone means to teach and educate them. Mm-hmm. It's one thing to give you the, the the opportunity to do something and watch you struggle. It's a whole other thing to get side by side with you and show you how to do it. And, and re- it really lets you be an apprentice uh, to the great work that you've done before and allow them to pass it down. I think that's one of the single greatest opportunities in our organization is the passing down of information. Great information is held at the top. Our biggest challenge is how do we get it to the front lines Mm -hmm. because that's where it can make the biggest impact and so it's just being really um, intentional about how how we're you know passing that information down Uh, you know resiliency sticks out to me you know we talk about how you do it again first off you don't quit Um, because like it's gonna it gets challenging life gives you resistance it's just part of trying to grow growth is hard Working out is hard because your muscles are growing. Mm-hmm. You know, running a mile is hard because you're having to grow your lung capacity, right? Like, or grow your muscular density so you can run longer or faster. You know, that's hard. Growth is hard. So, like, uh, people want to quit when stuff's hard. Like, that's just, like, that's what makes us, I think, human or 
I don't know if and it's the weakest part of us is that propensity to want to give up. And it happens to everybody. I'll, I'll be vulnerable and say, man, there's, time, there's been times, you know, down the line where I've been like, man, damn, is it worth it? Uh, and every day I just continue to grind forward, not be a victim of my own, like, doing, but just continue to look at it from a creator's mindset and try to understand what I'm supposed to be learning from the resistance that I'm feeling and just keep moving forward. Uh, because like the only way you lose is by quitting. So like, I, I like to, I want us to win. So we have to continue to pursue our vision regardless of the resistance in front of us. Yeah. And, and to close, I would say open-mindedness has to continue to be our strength. That's how we do it again. <clears throat> Information's always being gathered. And if you're open-minded, we'll recognize that, okay, this is happening for us. What do I need to learn from this in order to move forward mm -hmm. more effectively? You know, if you are experiencing any resistance in life, you brought it to you. Yeah. So the objective is to learn why it's here so that we can gather that information, apply it to our tool belts, and move forward more effectively. Mm -hmm. And the threat is being closed-minded, and then what's happening to you happens again and again and again, and you just enter that feedback loop and learn the same lessons until yeah. it finally knocks you over the head hard enough that you say, okay, I want to get off the stoop. I don't want to do that or learn that lesson that way anymore. So being open-minded, that, that is the thing. You know, you brought up the Earl Nightingale a couple episodes ago. You also brought up as a man thinketh. Yeah, James Allen. Yep. That, that's the it. If you don't, if, if you have a gripe, you're not being open-minded to what it's trying to teach you. Mm -hmm. And me specifically, if you're in this organization, feel free to give me a call. I, I like to categorize every leader as open-minded or not because, man, if you're not open-minded, red metrics will exist there because we're not learning the stuff that it's here to teach us. Yeah. And open-minded leaders turn red to yellow to green very quickly because we're open to receiving the information, especially when it says the work that we're doing isn't landing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, I just, it's, it's really hard to not feel like a victim when stuff is hard. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like it's just, that is a challenge. And, and like, and, and, and everybody deals with it. And they think about the pain and the suffering and not what the pain and suffering is going to equate to. Because if you look back, you know, if you've been in this organization for you know, longer than, call it 18 months, and you look back to what you were like 18 months ago and what that person at that, that person at that time would have said about your success today, you know, would they have been happy about it? Because I believe most, most of you, they would be. They'd be like, man, you've done a great job. Yeah. Keep going. Don't quit. I know it's hard, but it's worth it. And I think that that is just what has to continue to resonate with you is that, uh, hey, look, you're not a victim. You're in control. Like, think, this isn't happening to you. It's happening for you. How do we reshape our mind and how do we move forward? Like, how do we ask the ask the right or better questions. Mm -hmm. How do we gain a deeper understanding of what's happening? You know, I, I have experiences all the time where I feel that, that defense mechanism, if you will, from feedback. And, and I have to stop myself and really try to understand, first off, why am I feeling like that? And second, like, wh what question, like, why don't you just quit feeling like a victim and start asking questions so you can gain understanding and get to where you want to go? Uh, but everybody has that kind of component of life where it's like, man, 
you're at the oh shit moment, oh, or this is hard moment, mm -hmm. and you have to get to that okay moment as quickly as possible. Yeah, I think that okay moment starts with recognizing that wherever you are right now is okay. You know, hell, there's a lot of red on my scorecard right now, mm -hmm. so that means I need to be open to what it's telling me. And some of the things have been red, and I'm still aiming to figure that out. But here's what we do know. Rigorous intent and granularity, I mean, that's acceptable in pursuit of goals because that's going to allow us to know what didn't work and what did. So wherever we're at right now, 106, that's okay. As long as we're committing to doing everything it takes to push to what's possible. And, and, and at Southwind, we believe that anything is possible. Yes, sir. All right, we'll get off the stoop. Stoop stories. Thank <laughs> you.